eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, and I'm joined by future Dallas Stars Hall of Famer Craig Ludwig for another year. Let's give it up, Luds. How are you, buddy? Are you drinking early in the morning? Man. Future Hall Famer? What does that mean? Well, Stars Hall of Famer. <laughs> uh, we are, we already put a pin in that one, I think, last year. <laughs> also, we do have the uh, yes, the Ed or Ken Hitchcock one coming up in a week or so. Are you and speaking? I'm going to be here. Oh no! I know. I was with uh, the guys last night at the game, and a uh, weekend prior to that, Matt Pachuk and Hatcher were in town. We did the Big Hearts uh, Celebrity Charity uh, fundraiser that we do, and um they were both talking about coming back as a matter of fact maddie was texting me this morning wanted to know if i was going to be here and i said you know what when i i looked at my schedule for next weekend for our u18 team and it said colorado um versus dallas and i'm thinking oh well it doesn't say we're on the road or nothing like that so we must be playing them here in dallas and i said yeah i'll be there and then all of a sudden i looked at the saturday one and it says anaheim california <laughs> so oh. anyway um and we don't land until like 8 p.m. on Sunday. So I am going to miss the festivities. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure Eddie, and, isn't it appropriate or maybe it's ironic that them two are going in together? Yes. <laughs> the, the two lovebirds are going in together. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You were kind of like Switzerland in that relationship, correct? Yeah. You know what? I, <clears throat> You know, Hitch and I have a really good relationship. And and at the time, I didn't, you know, I didn't probably look at it as a really good relationship as a player. But uh, I spent a lot of time uh, in with, in the office and things like that with Hitch. And uh, in the mornings, typically after games or, you know, before practice and, hey, this guy, that, this guy, that, go talk to that guy kind of thing. And, um, you know, then, then a couple incidents happened and <clears throat> I had to make a couple phone calls at different times. And to two coaches i usually anytime i had an issue with anybody or i shouldn't say issue if there was a little speed bump somewhere along the way i never really called hitch first i always called wills rick wilson was you know a guy i've talked about 
a lot. Um, I had Wills when I was in college and then as a D coach and then D coach in Dallas and blah, blah, blah. So I've been around Wilson and his family for a long time. And his son Landon skates with us a couple times during the week. And uh, anyway, I would usually kind of run my, you know, whatever it may be through Wills first. And, and then it was like, you better call Hitch. I'm like, no, 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 you tell Hitch. And so uh, <laughs> anyway, um, you know, looking back, I'm, I'm, I actually glad I was in that position because I, uh, I learned a lot and um, you know, you, you try to figure out what makes, you always think, you know, what, what makes a player tick a teammate, I should say, but you mm-hmm. know, when you get into different situations, then there's other ways that you probably handle things. So, um, but you know, it's, <clears throat> it is funny when I saw both their names and I thought, nah, somebody's doing this on purpose. So, um, <laughs> but <clears throat> you know what, what's, what's really, and I've said this for a long, a lot, you know, Hitch was the kind of coach that was hard, you know, it's old school, right? We can't, it's not the, you know, it's the Mike, Mike Bab- Babcock without, you know, the Babcock, yeah. uh, little incident mm-hmm. um but you what what's really uh nice about it is when you go to a hall of fame event where a teammate or whoever has been inducted into the hall of fame and you know they have their what do they get four or five six minutes or whatever for for their speech madonna hall belfour within a sentence or two they bring up hitch you know about you know thank you know at the time you didn't realize um how much they had an influence on your game and your play and the team concept and all that other kind of stuff so um you know not everybody loves all their head coaches and i'm not saying they love hitch but they respected him for the way he went about his business can can you do um, a video tribute or anything a what can you do a video tribute since you won't be here I don't think they did. No, you know what? That <clears throat> um, when when Hatch went in last year um, and Ganey, which obviously were the appropriate two to kick off the, this whole new format that the Dallas Stars have done. Um, you know, Hatch had Matt Pachuk open up for him, and um, Bob had Doug Armstrong. So you know, two perfect guys to open up for two Hall of Fame guys, and so um, the I, I, it. Those kind of things, I don't think you want to, you know, you don't want to turn it into a, a, a sideshow kind of yeah, thing. But, um, you know, and I think they try to keep it timely because, you know, all the players are there. Or at least, you know what? I don't know. The guys are on the road for a while now, I think. I think they're actually on the road till. Well, yes. no, they're on the play. I think they play Saturday. This event is on next Sunday. So they will be in town. Um, and that's probably why they may have scheduled it the way. I, I don't know 100% what, what's all happening. I mean, I know that they've got the artists and things like that set up for music, but um, last year was great. Uh, I mean, the whole team was there, the, the whole current Dallas Stars team. And so it was nice to see all those guys. And, you know, and then there's a lot of kids that are going, who? who who's Bob Ganey? Who's that bell for? So, um, yeah. And it's nice how they did it. You know, they put a player at, at every table and, um, you know, so they can kind of chat with, you know, us and whoever else is sitting at the table. So, um, no, I, I, I don't think there's any video tributes in store and, and it's supposed to be a PG event. So the la- I'm the last person they would want to have to play some kind of video with Eddie. Well, I hope you don't mind. And if you do, I don't care. I'm pushing for you to join that list. <laughs> you need to well, go in. 
Yeah. Well, maybe there's a bartender's hall of fame, <laughs> something like that. I could get into. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna take we're gonna take you inside of Craig and my world. So um, Craig mentions artist. So the story goes like this, and Craig will tell one story, and then I'll tell another story. I got a random text from a lovely lady who happens to be in a relationship with Craig. And she said, Hey Gavin, how's it going? I would, uh, wondering if you had any connections to go to pink at globe life. And I thought Craig was totally in on this and said, if you want to go to that, you need to contact him. Here's the number. That's, that was what I thought. So I went ahead and I was scrambling and I wanted to take care of my guy. So, and I didn't want my guy to necessarily be like in a crowd because I didn't think he was going to be totally happy to be there, but I wanted him to make like, look like a rock star with his girl. So I set him up in a suite. The concert was canceled and Craig apparently has a completely different story about this because I thought you knew about it the whole time. Uh, well, it's not completely different, but it's just, it didn't see Kim and you're right. She's, she's a lovely chick. And, um, but she had brought it up. I got to admit that, but I never really thought, I mean, and she, she is very good on this stuff. She, she plans things in advance and she'll, you know, she'll tell me something about somebody's coming to town, some artist or whatever it may be like six, seven months prior. And I'm going, oh gosh, yeah, that oh that'd be awesome. You know? <laughs> and, and to be completely honest, I mean, I, I've heard a couple pink songs, yeah. so I'm, I'm not a a fan. Um, I guess when I think of I think of her, I think of a lot of screaming young girls at a concert. You know, young girls. That's what sure. I think. But, I, but again, I I don't know everything. And 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 you're right. I'm not good in crowds. Like I don't want to be sitting next to a bunch of people. And, you know, and then you kind of start talking and you can't hear anything anyways. And so anyway, we're up in Wisconsin and, um, you know, all of a sudden I don't remember exactly how it all went down. It was like, well, I got a hold of Gavin. I was like, Gavin. And I'm like, Gavin, who? (laughs) That's so wrong. I I wasn't, you're not the first Gavin that comes to mind, but you're actually only one of two Gavins that I can think of that I actually even know. And, but at the time I wasn't thinking anything about it. And she just, yeah, I reached out to him about the pink concert. And I was like, oh, and, and then ultimately it ends up where Gavin's got us hooked up. And then I'm like, awesome. <laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> and I must've motherfucked you for about an hour. <laughs> like, what did he do? You know? And so, but I, I mean, I gotta admit, I was, I'm happy for her that, cause I know that she was really really likes to go and see i believe the name is melinda carlisle oh and yeah the go-go's think, yeah and i don't think i well she she actually put melinda carlisle on the vehicle in her in her car one day and so i think we listened to seven songs uh of melinda carlisle which i do remember one of them but anyway um you know she's all excited and <clears throat> i'm thinking okay well how am i going to get gavin for this one now again i'm happy that she that you got a, us i'll say us hooked up um and then I, then she's like, well, and she goes, we're in a suite. I'm like a suite. She goes, yeah. 
And I'm like, oh, well, that's now that's a lot better. First off, I know I don't have to go far to get a beer. I mean, normally, you know, there's some some beer close by in a suite. And, you know, it's not, you know, 30,000 people. There's only 20 or 30 whatsoever in the suite. And um, then I think she said it was, you know, it's going to be with, you know, a bunch of, I, I think it was Ranger. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So now, now, then she's telling me, now she's telling me how good I have to be. Yes. Like you can't, you can't say this. You can't say that. I got yeah. a list of things I can't do. I have a big, long can't, can't do list. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> so now I'm sitting there and then I'm like, and as the countdown's going and, you know, she's all excited and she's got, I didn't know this because we, we had a tournament, our U18s had a tournament in Dallas. So it all worked out perfectly for, for the concert, all this kind of stuff. And we have a game at six o'clock, I believe it was. Oh no, we were doing the big hearts. We were doing yeah, the big you were hearts. doing the tournament. Yeah, <clears throat> that's right. And so we have a five o'clock all-star uh, game going on. Um, we play three games, three to four games, whatever it was during the day. And then there's the the people that raise the most money play against uh, the alumni guys in a, in a five o'clock game. And so Kim's getting out there early. We're not even driving together. She is going there. She's going to Uber. She's going to hitchhike. She's going to do whatever she's got to do to get there early, um, get up there so she doesn't miss Belinda Carlisle. And <clears throat> I, I have a buddy that one's a big Apple cafe, Joe. I called Joe up and I'm asking about parking. I said, Joe, I'm not going to be able to leave this game till six 30 or so. I guarantee it's going to be a mess. Uh, get in the ballpark. Where can I park? Blah, blah, blah. Well, about I, I going in for this game. I, Oh no, I, sorry. I came out of the game. I'm getting ready. I'm dr- undressing outside the car in the parking lot. I'm trying to put a pair of jeans on and stuff like that to get in the car and take off. Well, I get a text message from Joe and he goes, you must be one happy motherfucker. And I'm like, huh? And so then he calls me and he goes, you're happy, aren't you? I said, happy. I said, no, Joe, I'm getting dressed. I'm going to go sit for an hour and a half in traffic, probably get out to the ballpark. He goes, for what? I said, the pink concert. He goes, there is no concert. I'm like, yeah, good one. I said, you don't have to rub it in. And he goes, no, there is no concert. It's called off. And so I immediately got out of my car. Well, actually, I looked. I looked online or something like that. And then I noticed that Kim had sent me a message and it kind of had her little thing on there. And so anyway, I felt I, I still do feel bad for, her, but I guess she's going to be back here in a month yes. or something like November. That. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll still be doing it, but this one here, at least we'll be able to go together and um, <laughs> she won't have to Uber there two hours early by herself. <laughs> my, so, my friend, anyway, my, my friends thanks. at the Rangers were like, Hey, do you think Craig would be okay talking with some people and, you know, schmooze them? Like, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Craig is really but, good yeah, at but that. Did you warn him? Did you warn him how the conversations <laughs> may go? I told them that you would absolutely capture the room. And I did say the following based on taking you to a ball game. I was like, the only thing I ask, and I truly appreciate this. I was like, thank you so much for the tickets. If you could just make sure that the refrigerator stays stocked with beer. And they said, absolutely. You know what you all need to do is you need to take some of your own advice. Because it seems to me. (laughs) I know. When you invited Kim and I to go to the Rangers game, yep. within 20 minutes, the no. three Miller lights in the fridge were gone. No, it wasn't 20 no minutes. No. no, I, There were I, no more. I was busy like talking with people and everything, and then I, got, I checked my phone because my phone went off, and it just says, seventh inning, no more beer. You're an awful host. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can't, we had to walk outside. The good news is the suite that we were, I guess that's your company suite. Yeah. The one that we walked out, walk out the door, there's a bar right there. So yes. it, it, was, 
it wasn't that bad. So, um, but yeah, I, when you say have the fridge full of Miller Lite for him, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what you, what Phil means to you. Full. <laughs> I just think anyway. it's hilarious that one side, I'm like, you know, I'm going to take care of Craig. Craig's the man, you know, <laughs> I really appreciate him partnering with me on this podcast and, and, and your MF and me, like, <laughs> like I really thought I was doing you a heavy. This is how grateful I am for for a guy going out of his way, getting getting her and I into a into a suite and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, are there parking passes or what? The hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to charter a helicopter because I'm thinking, oh my god, where do you park out here at this place? So oh. then I find out. I find out. I said, I know there's that live place, you know, the live bar out there. I wonder if you can just park there, go there early, have a few beers. I'm like, oh no, they still charge you forty yeah. bucks for parking there too. So <laughs> they're not stupid out there. No, no, no. All right. Transitioning to last night, uh, two points to start the season. And, uh, boy, I have so many questions that I saw in last night's game, and I was excited. I'm like, I got to ask Craig about. And the first thing I wanted to ask you is, yes, it was two points, but I think Pete DeBoer, you could tell after the game, I think they're going to go back to the table and talk about you know getting out of the defensive zone. Some uh, A lot of turnovers last night from uh, both teams. And uh, I thought St. Louis did a good job of coming at the stars. But the first thing I wanted to ask you is that first game legs, because preseason back when you played, I think it's kind of changed. And the goal is not to get injured and kind of work your way into game shape. What's that first game like, though? Is it is it like a completely different speed? Because I know you've talked about it. It's like preseason speed, regular season speed, and then rev it up because the playoffs are here. I don't know. I don't know if I'd say it's a uh, a different speed, um, but there's 20 guys that are playing to win. And you know, when you're when you're playing preseason, um, and I don't I don't really think it, it's different for a, a young kid preseason versus a veteran. <clears throat> you know, those guys are out there showing that they they want to stay and that they belong to be on that opening night roster. And so there's a but there's not 20 guys that are playing that way. You know, you're for veterans, you know, Ben Sagan, Pavelski, you know, guys like that, even, even Miro, guy, Haskin enemy has been in the league now, what, four or five years, whatever it is. Um, you know, not to say that they're going through the motions, but the intensity is not, is not the same. And, and so, and then if you want to go ahead and compare it to like last night's game, and if you watched any of the games, you know, the, for the previous two nights, um, it, it's not mid season for, yeah. you know, they're, they're still, I, I always think that, that, you know, anywhere between five and 10 games before actually they're, they're up and, um, and, you know, getting closer to, to what they're going to be for the rest of the season. So, um, you know, but last night's game, it, it was a good game. Um, I thought, you know, St. Louis is in a, St. Louis is a kind of team that they're in, I, I guess what they're calling it now is a retool. Um, you know, so they're not, they're going to have a hard time or they're going to be pushing for, you know, a, a, a last spot uh, as far as playoffs go, I, I think. But, you know, the good news for for Doug Armstrong, the general manager, and and Craig Berube, I think their goalie played really well last Yes, year. he did. Really good. Jake Ottinger was really good. The two goalies were good. Yep. <clears throat> Bennington, you know, had had to make some really big saves. And, and he probably – he's probably upset with him on the Jamie Ben goal. You know, Jamie comes around the back of the net yeah. and, you know, makes a smart play. and. And he's probably thinking, and and I think for St. Louis, um, 
that that's a question mark for them. You know what what Bennington is because we've seen with that goalie when they don't win games and things start to go sideways for him, he loses his composure and then he ends up being a distraction uh, for that team. And he wants to fight guys and things like that. So, um, but we don't really have to worry about St. Louis. And, I, but I do think for Dallas, um, I, I was impressed with, with Lundquist last night. I thought he played really well. Um, he moves the puck well. And I think those are the, him and Harley to me are, are the areas that, I would think that management and coaching staff are thinking that we need to see and need, need these players to be what we expect them to be now. Yeah. Because, you know, they're, they're, they're up front, um, the forwards, uh, you know, I think they know what they're getting there. Um, the Matt Duchesne experiment will be interesting as the, as the year goes along. Um, but I think Wyatt Johnson to me stands out from last night. Uh, you know, and I'm, 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 and I'm again, I'm, I think I, I kind of, I stepped on Dodonov um, when, when he was first coming over here. I, you know, he had been in like three or four teams in five years, and I thought he, he's been good since he stepped in here. And so he, he was good last night too, again. So, you know, I, I think this team is, is three lines deep. And, and I think that is, um, especially when it comes from an offensive standpoint, I think the question and the goaltending, as long as Jake, stays healthy back there all year. And I think they need to um, manage his amount of games um, that he plays during the course of the season. So, you know, he's ready to go at playoff time, but, you know, more than likely you're looking at as the season, you know, gets down and into 10, 15 games left, I would assume it, you know, probably going to be Colorado and Dallas jockeying yeah. for that, you know, that, that top spot there. Yeah. Doug Armstrong even said that when he was talking about the season preview, he said, it's, it's Dallas and Colorado and we're hoping to, hopefully fight for that third spot. So, yeah. you know, I think, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's cool that he said that and shows how far this stars team has come. I love the hustle of the, of Ben on the, uh, just entering the zone on that first goal and that wrap around and the composure, just Craig, that little extra seconds rather than, I mean, we saw Wyatt Johnston almost do it. Um, to win the game, but unfortunately couldn't wrap that stick. But uh, you, I noticed Jamie kind of pulled out a little bit with that stick and, and then flicked it on the wraparound. So I thought that was uh, really cool. I did want to talk about the St. Louis high and goal from a defenseman perspective because I see this a lot with Essa Lindell, and it was Hockenpah and Essa Lindell. Has it changed, and what were you talking about? What, what, have you, what were you taught regarding like coming out and you were one of the best shot blockers probably all time in the NHL. I mean, your your shin guards were heading toward the uh, NHL Hall of Fame if you allowed it. But there's that fine line between blocking a shot and blocking your goalie's view. And I thought Ottinger was screened on that. Um, how, you know, is it just a reaction thing where your job is just to block the shot? Yeah, I think it was kind of a scramble play. And, and I think both him and uh, uh, it was Hawk and Paw yep. and uh, was that Essa, I think? Yeah, it was Essa. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, and the game has changed a little bit there um, where back back when we played, you wouldn't allow um, an opposing forward to set up in front of your goaltender. And and that's changed a lot, even on penalty killing. They, they kind of leave them there and you kind of, there's more emphasis on getting out into shot lanes and, and trying to block putts. And, and and I think from a goaltender standpoint, 
it's more difficult on them, you know, <clears throat> but uh, they both, and they both kind of collided a little bit. So, you know, I mean, you look at, and we're trying to teach our guys the same thing is when you try to, a lot of young players, when they line up to block a shot, you're obviously looking at the player that's taking the shot, but you don't, too many young players will line up chest to chest. In other words, you're going to be right in front of them. Well, if you're a right-handed shot and I'm trying to block a shot, I got to be another foot to my left, not in front of the body. You've got to be in front of the shot where it's coming off the stick. And, and, and that's not to say that Hawk and Pa and Essa don't know that, but I thought they were both trying to get into a shooting lane. Um, however, the puck gets back to the point, there's a big gap between the defenseman and the goaltender. And, you know, they've got a player that's in front. So they both kind of step out, if I remember right. And it almost looked, they didn't see each other. They're, you know, they're focused on getting in that shot lane and they both, both do the same thing at the same time. And they kind of click shoulders. And so neither one of them ends up getting in the shot lane. But at the end of the day, I don't think that the coaching staff is, is going to look and go, man, you guys, that's not what you're supposed to do. I think what they'll do is they'll, they're going to look and see why was the point guy wide open? Where, where was our, where were our other forwards? So, um, but, you know, we had those, those uh, conversations with, with Eddie and, you know, when Eddie first came over, he from Chicago or, you know, the teams that he was prior to that, um, you know, he came over and it was, um, you know, he, he would make comments sometimes about, you know, all of us, cause we all did it. We all tried, you know, we we're just trying to keep the puck out of our net, but you have to eventually realize that there are some shots that aren't dangerous for goaltenders, you know, from the perimeter and down by the hash marks and certain areas like that. And we had to kind of learn, we don't need to go down there. Eddie doesn't want us to go down and really there is no reason to go down. So there's time and place. And that was the time for those guys to try to block a shot. So, uh, but it happens, you know, I mean, and I, I think that, what will happen during the course of the year, course of a goalie's career, he's going to thank the guys, you know, that were shot blockers and, and saved a lot of goals, um, you know, but that, that's kind of the, that's the yin and yang of, of trying to get your stick on pucks and block shots is there's going to be the odd ones that, that, you know, go off a shin pad or go off your stick, but that's what we're taught to do. And, and you just kind of, you have to take it. I mean, it, you, you take it with the position, you take it with the job that you're trying to do. And, um, you know, that one, that was one of those seeing eye ones. And you're right, Jake, uh, to me, Jake didn't, didn't see it since it left the stick. I think when, when those two guys, both of them at the same time stepped out, he probably talked, he probably took uh, Jake's sightline, you know, from the guy releasing the shot, you know, and, and being able to, you know, to pick it up on the way in. You mentioned Nils Lundqvist and it was good to see him on that second power play unit last night. I, I, I like that change and I'm, I like the confidence that they, you know, are giving him by putting him on that second power play unit. Well, well, speaking of, yeah, I mean, well, because they need to, I mean, they need to find, you know, a Klingberg. I, I, I mean, again, but he's not going to be Klingberg and Klinger was really good on the power play. As a matter of fact, the other night in Toronto, he had a lot to do with the yeah. tying goal. So anyway, um, you know, but he moves the puck well, he skates well, you know, the issue for him, I think is going to always be, you know, how do you play defensively and do you play defense? And from what I saw, I thought, I thought he was really good. I liked the way he moves the puck and he, you know, he'll make the eight, 10 foot passes. I think those, those young players, when they come up through their, you know, their junior teams and minor, wherever they're playing and the, the, the talent level isn't the same as when you're in the NHL. And so they, 
they're allowed to get away with more because they can do more. And then all of a sudden they get to this level where everybody's supposed to be where they're supposed to be. And they're in the lanes and they're a little bit quicker. Their sticks are a little bit better and they try to make this move and, and they'll go to the body and where you thought you could step around a guy two years ago in, in your own age group. Um, you know, so they, that's an adjustment for them. So I, I mean, I hope that, you know, they keep on, playing them a lot. I mean, you know, regular shift. And, and I think that's what happened to him last year. He was in the lineup, out of the lineup. You know, I don't, I don't know if the trust was there understandably from the coaching staff and, and they want, I think they, they're saying, listen, we got to see what Harley and Lundquist can be because, you know, you know, I mean, last year it was my, you know, that, that was my, my, my sore spot mm-hmm. um, as they were going through the playoffs was, was the way that they were playing on their own end. And, yep. um, you know, Miro again, last night played probably, tw- I don't know, 26, 28 minutes again. Um, you know, and that's not going to change, but man, he looks good too. Miro, yeah. Miro I love this summer. <clears throat> he actually came out. I, I, I don't know how he said it, but he basically said he wants to win the Norris this year. And so that, I mean, it, that's a confidence thing. And he's such a quiet kid but he wants to be recognized as the best defenseman in the league. So it's nice to see, you know, guys like that, you know, put themselves on, you know, on notice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wanted to also ask you because you made the journey on a few teams. When you join a team, how long does it take for you to feel completely confident that like, okay, I feel good with this team? I think it depends on the the players. It depends on the group. Uh, you know, when we here in Dallas and when we were in Mon- when I was in Montreal, and if anybody got traded, moved to our team, there was 10, 12, 13 guys that were right there to welcome you and make you feel like you've been there. I mean, I would drive out to the airport um, and pick guys up. I mean, if we, even if I didn't know who they were, um, you know, like Billy Hewitt, I, I remember um, when Huey got traded here. Uh, by the way, Huey's got a book out. And, um, it, it's a, it's a good read. It's, it's a very interesting need, but anyway, um, he, uh, I didn't know who he was. I planned against him. You're like, Jesus, this is going to be great on our team. And it was, you know, another bigger, heavier, uh, Shane Sherla. And so Billy added the weight and he was tough. And, um, but you need those kind of guys, you need those kind of guys and it makes it easy. Um, so, you know, when I went to, from, you know, I, when I went to Minnesota, basically, you know, leaving Montreal and stuff like that, it was, it was easy because I knew some guys, <clears throat> you know, that, that always makes it easier. And, the, and it was a, the team wasn't great at that time. And so everybody kind of was in, you know, in the same pot together. Um, um, but anyway, I, I really think trades are, are really, I remember when Holly got, when we got Holly, I was in Wisconsin and I had never spoken to Holly before um, with the exception of, you know, an odd comment playing against him and things like that. Um, as soon as I heard, I, I called our, one of our, uh, people that work upstairs and I, I got Holly's number and just called them and, you know, introduced myself and, Hey man, we're looking forward to having you here and things like that. So I think that's what, I think that's what makes it easier on the player that gets traded when somebody reaches out to him immediately. And I think that's a norm now. Um, you always hear when a guy gets traded, he'll tell you, Oh yeah, so-and-so man, I had seven guys texting me. Now they're not necessarily phone calls, but you know, man, I had 12, 15 guys texting me. So I really think that trades are all about, you know, your group that, that you currently have. Um, and, and they make it, you know, like you feel good. You're almost like looking forward to meeting the guy in person, you know, meeting these guys that reached out to you. Yeah. I think we talk a lot, obviously the names are there. Heishkinen and Jason Robertson and the, the household names that we mention, but at the same time, 
I think it was pretty evident that uh, uh, Rope Hintz's absence certainly made a difference in last night's game. Oh, for sure. Uh, there's no question. I mean, he's a somebody else may ask me that last night up in the in the suite. We had a suite there last night too. And you know what? We had unlimited Miller Lite. Okay, uh, and the plus one didn't come my way. Oh, plus one. Yeah, I had my plus one. Kim was there. Oh, okay. She's with. Yeah, sorry, you, you're not jumping ahead of her for more reasons than one. <laughs> That's understandable. Um, I will accept that. Um, no, it would. Uh, sorry, I'm, I got off tracker. Who are we talking about again? Who'd you want to? Who are you mumbling? I, about? I'm trying to even think. Rupe hints. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about Rupe, Rupe hints. Yeah, yeah, you miss him. You know, and, and that's not taking anything away from Tyler Sagan, who jumped in there. And I thought Tyler did a good job. Tyler, after last year, you know, Tyler kind of got got back healthy. And, you know, he was good last year. And I think he's going to be good again this year again. Um, yeah, Rupe, with his speed, what Rupe does for, you know, whether it's Joe and, and Robla, I'm sure that when they get back, they'll be back together again. But he, what he does is he creates so much speed. Um, and space at the offensive blue line when he when he's the one that brings the puck into the zone because as a defenseman and like Miro what watch when Miro's moving up through the neutral zone it, it's hard to stand up on them guys as a defenseman so it creates it creates a lot of space for for Pavelski and, and Robo when when they've got you know Rupe in the lineup and so and he and he's not afraid to take pucks to the net you know he'll you know and he's flying so yeah, it's a big hole but but I really look at Rupe he's I don't know. I mean, it, it's the start of the season, but I think where he's come in the last few years and what you see him do, I mean, he's got to be in a conversation where he's in the top five to 10, you know, forwards in the league. Yeah. That's my opinion, because I don't know, you know, you can, we can talk about Connor McDavid and, and McKinnon with their speed and everything that they do. And, and, you know, I'm not putting Rupe in that category yet, but when it comes to just flat out skating, Hints is right there. And any, he, and he's, you know, he's got the puck, it's on his stick. So um, he, he's difficult to play against. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply through this out last night if you have any questions or comments towards luds and uh if you came in sam green thank you for supporting spits and suds at spamuel green said who did you feel pink does he love pink 
<laughs> you're going to pink when that thing's rescheduled. You're going to pink. What is it rescheduled? It's going to be. I think it's November. Okay. Well, yeah, that's yeah, our own Thanksgiving. I, but I mean, is is her is sure cold over with? Does she have a cough anymore? Is she's good to go? Yeah. No, she's playing again. Absolutely. And and honestly, like I've seen highlights of her concert. It's like a show. It's yeah, it's right. very yeah. like I Taylor had to, Swift. I had to YouTube it. Trust me, I YouTubed it one day just to see what what I was going to be looking at. So, um, anyway, go ahead. What, All what, right, what, 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 Sam asked, who, who did <laughs> who did you feel played to their level, and who were you surprised about with their play? I wouldn't say I was surprised um, at anyone, but I, I will say I did like the play of Sam Steele on that fourth line last night. Yeah, you, you know what? Any any of the young guys, any young guys that are going to be in line, they're, they're going to give you everything that you can, right? And they're they're still they're auditioning yet, so you know. And I think that there's a role there for him, you know. And and I'd like to see, you know, I think we, weren't we all kind of high on Ty Delandria, you know, yes. like a year ago? And I, I hope he gets, you know, gets another look. I mean, he was on that line last night with Jamie, and uh, you know, so you need to have some youth in your lineup. You need to have those kind of guys that are hungry. And, and the most important part for those young guys, and these are just conversations the coaches are having with them is they, they need to know their role. They need to know who they are, what they're expected to do. Um, You know, they understand, you know, the kind of minutes that they're going to get a night. And, you know, I, I, I think Steele probably had 10, 12 minutes last night, but, but that's kind of, that's kind of what you get. I mean, you get down on that, when you look at the lineup and and you go through the I, – I actually thought I liked Craig Smith last night. I did too. too. He, going from a young guy to an older guy. So Yeah. But, you know, they, they, they lost a player, in my opinion, exactly like him last year, and it seems like they replaced that, and I think that's a Jim Neal characteristic. Wants some veteran, wants guys that know their roles, um, what they do, what they bring, and they bring it every single shift. So, um yeah, I, I think Steele, Delandria. Um, I know there was a couple guys, but but when you look at this lineup, and if you're, you know, there's a couple other, you know, kids that were there, you know, through the through the training camp and talked about it at the end of last year. When you look at this lineup, um, you know, <laughs> you got to be wondering how, how are you going to crack that lineup right now? Yeah. So, and I will say this: your boy had a chance to end the game, Foxa, on his little uh, move there in the third period that didn't pan out for him. <laughs> But I'm going to, you know, if I just wonder, is there going to be, as this comes down the stretch and and Dallas is in the position that we think that they can be in and you start getting to the deadline, you know, what guys are you looking, you know, that you can improve in what areas, you know? So, um, and you see Roddick, at least for last night was on that fourth line, that, that, that number four hole in the middle of the ice. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting. You know, and I, like I said, I, I have a different feeling about Fox than you do, I think. But I think Raddick knows who he is. And, um, you know, from a face-off standpoint, that's kind of got has to be his role. There were <coughs> – I'm sorry. There were a couple times last night. What I like about it is he would go out in the defensive zone. He'd take the draw. He'd win the draw. And he'd come off the ice. Yep. So he's accepting, you know, that role. Um you know, he wasn't 60% on the face-offs, but it looks like they're trying to give him something to, to chew on, you know, and if you're, if your minutes aren't going to be what you want them to be, you know, he was probably in the same minute range in 10 to 12 minutes, 13, whatever it may be. But, but if you can give him another role, 
you know, even if it's on penalty kill and you're not going to kill, you got other guys to kill, but you go out there and you win a face off, win a face off, get yeah. off the ice. So, you know, it, it, you know, and Craig, I do want to clarify is that the player doesn't bother me as much as the salary. And I'm trying to separate that. I'm trying to improve in that area. I actually like Radic Fox as a fourth line center. I, I love the depth and that he can move down like that. And I, I really like the fourth line and I like the depth of this stars team where now they have the Duchesnes that can move up and Sagan can move up. And I, I just felt like really confident last night um, with the depth and you have some kids in the minors as well that can come up. And so like, I think this is personally, I think this is one of the better depth teams since your cup runs as far as the Dallas stars are concerned, but you know, that salary. And I would say the same thing about Marchment, Craig is that's a very high salary for what I'm seeing on the ice as far as uh, production. But I agree with you. He does a great job in the circle and I like him on the defensive end. Um, and I like him in that fourth line role. Honestly, I think Marchment should be on the fourth line at this point, but I think the salary will dictate a higher role. That's yeah, just, but you know you, you're blaming the wrong people. Don't, don't blame the players. No, blame the, blame the management that, that gave them the money that Correct. you're upset with. Because do you want Fox to go? No, 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 no. That's too much. I'm yes. not worth that money. <laughs> the only I'm getting 5 million. Uh, you know, I only, I think I only want three and a half. I mean, but then, right. but then if a player did that, you wouldn't want him because now he's afraid of his salary. Yes. He's afraid to step out there and, and, you know, hold up his end of the bargain. So, you know, and Marchman, listen, I think Marchman is a, when, when he came here, there were, there were a few teams that wanted him because of what they saw, what he can do. And, you know, he had a, that, that, that season was his breakout season. He got the points and he's a physical guy and he doesn't mind fighting and he can get in your face and all that other kind of stuff. Uh, very similar to, you know, the way his dad played, but, but what I'm saying is that was the going rate. Yep. You know, if you wanted to put another piece in place on your team that you're building to be able to be a regular season team is one thing. Uh, Marchman should, should be a really good player when it comes to playoff time. Those are the kind of guys that that kind of step up at the forefront and, and you know, they lead by, you know, playing a certain style. And um, so, but again, I, I think that it's, it's the price you got to pay for doing business. And when you see... Right. Uh, a hole that you want to fill and you need a certain type of player, that's where it is. Yeah. You know, you, you know so. And I, and I agree with you. Certainly the player has to take the money and, you know, they have to make a living as well. And so, yes, I point the finger at management, but I also point the finger back at me because I would say the following is that the same person that might have overpaid for these guys underpaid for Matt Duchesne, uh, getting him and getting some good deals and, you know, we saw what Jim Nil did at the trade deadline, and I really like the makeup uh, that Jim Nil has put together uh, on this team. You know, I- including Duchesne, um, because I-, I think he's a Swiss Army knife of of sorts. He's not going to be, as I mentioned with Sean the other day, it's not going to be the Ottawa Matt Duchesne. Um, it's not going to be the early Colorado Matt Duchesne. But I mean, the guy can still be a twenty goal scorer. You know, can put up fifty points. But I loved him in the circle. I absolutely love that they put him out there for the shootout. I know it's based on percentage, but I love the confidence that Pete DeBoer said that said, you're really good at this, go. And I think that's, you know, I mean, the players that they put out for the shootout last night, Craig, I was really confident with. That That to me shows the depth of this Stars team where, 
you know, you didn't have Jamie go, you know, and, and I thought that was, you know, pretty cool. Well, do you think Jamie is a shootout kind of guy? I think they were relying on Jamie in the past. I didn't think he was a shootout guy, but I think based on his status, he was being put out there. Yes. Yeah, I don't know, but he, I don't. He's not in your normal three during the course of the year. Even. He's like, I mean, yeah, not in the, he's not in the leadoff three. Right. I mean, I the only, I mean, I can see it why Wyatt Johnson, um, because he's got an unbelievable shot. But the three that they rolled out there, you know, what I mean. Tyler, Tyler typically score. I mean, he's really good on shootouts. Um, you know, so, and Joe Pavelski was the one guy, I mean, we've seen Joel, you know, do really well. So they've got, what I like about the Robertson thing though, um, is you can even see Bennington. I mean, all goalies got a book on all these guys on the shootout. They, they know who goes the most. They know what their go-to move is for so long. It seems like Robo comes down. He comes down on the left side of the ice. He starts cutting the middle and he just gets that puck off the stick as the goalie takes a step to his left and he hits the five hole all the time. You watch Bennington last night. I was standing up there and I'm going, he's going to hit the five hole again. And he didn't. He did the same thing that he did in a preseason game. He he kind of gives it a little, a wait, wait, a look. Bennington drops his left pad to take away the five hole. Then he pulls it to his backhand and goes upstairs, uh, yeah. you know, on the far side. So I think what, what Robo has done is he's added another tool to that. And I mean, that's what the good ones do. You know, they're going to, they're going to go, okay, well now all of a sudden I had one go-to move. Now I got two of them and then he'll come up with something else, you know, and I expect that to stay that way. But anyway, I, Marchman or not Marchman, um, Duchesne, we'll see. And, And I don't, and when you say Jim Neal did a great job in underpaying that, that was all he was going to get. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, Duchesne's been on a few teams and so, and his game is where his game is at. And so that's his value at that particular time. Credit to Jim to say, you know what? We could we could pop him in here. And now all of a sudden we've got three offensive lines. And I think Jim is kind of going and saying, well, there's a couple different ways to defend. And, you know, again, a little different from back in the day. And you had the Carbono line that just went out and shut teams down and they got frustrated and played in the right areas of the ice and were connected, blah, blah, blah. Now it's almost like we, we got three or more puck possession lines. And so we're going to defend the best way to defend is when you got the puck and maybe we don't have to go back and get it. So maybe that's what Jim's thinking is he's a puck possession guy. He plays a little bit more East West, um, you know, through the neutral zone where, you know, typically you're, you're straight lines to try to get into the offensive zone. And I think, I think that's the concept. Now, again, you know, I will go back to what we saw last year and I thought we had a good group of forwards last year. And the, you know, the, my opinion, the, the holes were in the group of D and that's why I think that, you know, those two yeah. guys, Lundquist and Harley, if they can take the next step, you're talking about a legitimate team. I mean, I'd say right now, Dallas is in the top, I don't know, six, seven, eight teams in the league that have a chance. That, that's the thing this year. There's not a clear favorite. I, I don't think right now you, I mean, everybody doesn't seem to, for some reason, Carolina seems to be the big, the big choice And Vegas is down. I don't know, down number five, number six, number seven, wherever they are. And I'm thinking they have the identical team. Yes. Now it's not easy to repeat you know, right. today. I mean, that's the way it is, but they have the identical team and they have a veteran team. Yeah. They have guys that know how to play at the right time of the year. Yep. So, um, and their, their decor, it, it appears to be healthy and if they stay healthy, 
I just felt last year they had the best decor in the league. So um, anyway, that you know, I but, did. I did <clears throat> want to ask you, you know, as a defenseman, how much did you get to watch uh, Liam Bixel? And Sean and I were talking that the buzz, you know, and probably too soon, but a lot of people were saying like this could be the quote unquote, we talk about trade acquisitions at the deadline, similar to what happened with Harley last year, get him in Texas, get him used to and continue the progress as far as the North American game. And he could be a late season call up to put on the playoff roster that gives you that size and physicality. Have you heard anything as far as the Bixel hype and what did you see? I have no idea who you're talking about. You serious? <laughs> I'm totally serious. Oh. <laughs> 100%. Okay. You might as well ask me something about John Candy. I have, <laughs> I have, I have no clue. <clears throat> Big uh, again, six foot five. Guy, but, but I, I, and I admit this, I am not, the guy that looks at, um, you know, Connor Bedard. Okay. It's hard not to hear about Connor Bedard. It's hard not to tune in on night one and watch this kid play because he's the second coming of Gretzky and McDavid and blah, blah, blah. Um, But I, it's the same way I am with college football. I'm not a huge college football, although I got to admit, I have not missed a Colorado game and that's only because of Dion. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I love that guy. I love how he motivates. I, I I love his approach to everything. I liked him as a player, obviously, but I, I, I'm not into college football. And I think, and I have this argument with Kim, she loves college football, but, and she loves watching the kids. And I'm like, man, you know, I would, I want to see the end result. I want to see the pro player. So I want to see him polished and doing what he does. I don't want to see the mistakes and things like that. So that's why I don't get, you know, all, uh, about the preseason stuff. You know, I don't, I don't even know if I don't think I even watched the game. I, I well, I, I did. I watched a couple that were on some okay. channel, but, but okay. for the most part, I, I do not know a ton of where is he right now? Texas. Okay. Yeah. Do you know his name? Bill Bixby again? <laughs> Liam Bixel. Oh, B I C H S E L, I believe. All right. Well, you'll have to, you'll have to, I will. Me up to I'll be your guy. Don't worry. I'll be your guy. I'll be your guy for pink tickets and minor league updates. How's that? All right. Well, I'll be, I'm going to, I'm going to keep an eye on Leon now. You should. <laughs> uh, all right. So Ottinger in the post game. And I don't know if this was just, uh, but Brian Ray and uh, uh, your guy and a guy I love that appears on the fan as well. Sevy. Uh, they were talking with Ottinger and asked him about, your research for the shootout and Jake said basically doesn't spend a lot of time on it. And they were both very surprised. And I was surprised because like you said, Bennington, you know, has the notebook and going over everything. Do you think well, that's just no, talk? I'll wait, I don't, I, I agree with Otter. I agree with him a hundred percent because I think you can study. Sometimes there's just too much information. And do you get something in your head? I think Jake, Jake, <clears throat> Listen, Jake is a great goaltender. He's big. He takes up a lot of net. He he's quick when he needs to be quick. And I think he's probably in I'm just assuming what he means by that is that I would just rather react. I don't want to know like I just talked to Robertson. I don't want to know that's his go-to move because now I start looking for that and then maybe I don't focus on just using my natural talent to make a save. 
Um, and I, and to be honest with you, I can't even tell you that that Bennington has a book on him. But Jason Robertson isn't like some other player that's been in the league for ten years. You know, he was relatively new, and so I think when goaltenders are like, "What's I'm hearing about this Robertson kid in Dallas?" You know, I mean, all he's doing is a point a point per game over his first three years or whatever it is. So then maybe they watch a little bit more. So yeah, I <clears throat> I understand where Ottinger's coming from, and I guess I would. I probably no, you know, I'm I played my my whole career. The only reason I I lasted as long as they did because I'm a tendency guy, totally different. I don't have to keep the puck out of the net, but I was a tendency guy. So I want I knew I stared at them boards and the players long enough because I needed an advantage because I wasn't you know anywhere near as as skilled as these guys were, but I could defend. But I knew I knew what their first move was. I knew where they wanted to be on the ice, and my the way I looked at it is I'm going to be there first. I want them to go to plan B because their plan A is really good with Brett Hall. I knew where Holly wanted to shoot the puck from normally. And I wanted to be there and make him go do something different. Same thing with power plays. You look at a power play. I teach our guys, here's their number one play. We're going to take it away. There's only four of us. And it's not five on five. We're going to take that number one play. They go to the same place 67% of the time when they're on the power play. Well, I'd rather have the other, you know, 33% in my favor. So, um, so anyways, I try to, I try to get them to go to their 30% play versus their 67% play. If that makes any sense. No, it does. I can really looks at it. Too. Uh, you know what? And that's why I love having you on the pod because you give the players. You notice how I did that quick math though. You did. 67 to yeah. 53. <laughs> All right. And, uh, finally blackout Dallas. We were in a conversation last night at blackout Dallas. When did the stars front office start talking to Jake Ottinger's agent about an extension? Want to lock him up ago. before other teams can talk to him? Yeah, well, they did talking to Jake and his parents a year ago. Yeah, they, they... Jim Neal's been on the phone with his parents and right. letting them know. Yeah, Jim, Jim, trust me, they're they're going to get the right deal done. Yes, yeah, for both sides. But I, I don't think Robo's going to want to go anywhere else. Jim Neal doesn't want him going anywhere else. But everybody has to understand there's a salary cap, and can we tap the brakes a little bit? Mainly because hopefully for the players, damn players, that the salary cap is going to go up, you know, 4 million possibly next year. So, you know, when that happens, and, and I'm guessing that's part of the conversation, can we, can we do this? And for this year, can it be at this? And then we compensate yeah. them once the salary cap goes up, gives us a little more, you know, room in our purse to, to do something that, that would be my, yeah. my he, guess. And, and, you know, in Ottinger's camp, um, right now, it's this year and it's next year, and then he becomes a restricted free agent, so the stars still have control. So, from from a cap perspective, I would I would guess that they probably really intensified the talks after this year, um, as he continues to progress. And we all know he's a top five goalie in the league, and then you get rid of that restricted, and that's when you can put the cut. But I agree with you, Craig. Salary cap says you got to keep that number at least for a couple of years because they're tight against the cap anyway, and you need that cap flexibility, especially at the trade deadline. Yeah, and sorry, I said Robertson. I said Robo, I think. But, That's okay. Um, no, but but the, the, you're right. I mean, and again, they. I think goalies goalies are a little different, I think, when it comes to a general manager and, and uh, doing contracts with them too soon. I think you kind of want to – you know, you want, you, you know, he's a good goalie, right? And so does he play, is he a good goalie at the right time of the years? And, you know, do we have a big enough sample size to say, 
you know, you don't see a lot of goalies score or, or hit on eight year deals. Right. And so um, I'm what are goalies typically done? I mean, three, four five years, something like that. Yeah. So um, I think you try to lock them up in their prime or get them through their prime years and, and then see where it goes from there. I, I, that would be difficult for me trying to do contracts with goalies. Um, I just, you know, how do you, how do you, you look at them from a standpoint of injuries and, you know, and all these things that could go wrong uh, because, you know, <laughs> most important position on the ice, let, let's make sure we're a hundred percent sure. You know, the saying is, is, you know, your goal, your goalie is 80% of your team, unless you don't have one, then it's a hundred percent. So, hmm. uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure you're, I mean, I, really it's, it, we're talking about Jake Ottinger here. So I, I don't think you're making a mistake by committing to him. Yeah. Um, and he loves it he, here, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a good situation. I think, you know, honestly, Stars fans need to focus on Wedgwood this year and make sure he stays healthy because we don't want uh, Ottinger to wear down. That's right. Wedgie's got to play 20, 25 games. Yep. I mean, I, I think if you can, if you can keep, and again, just like Patrick Wah, you know, all the good goalies want to play. Patrick was playing 70 games a year. You know, they, they all want to play that. They, it's different now. And, but the thing is, is the travel's better now too. You know, it's yeah. not, <laughs> not like it used to be. So, you know, they have that in their favor, but I, but I do think that, that if you could keep him somewhere around 60 games, you know, and so that he's ready at the right time of the year. Um, you know, like I said, I, I believe Dallas, and I think most people do that Dallas is a playoff team. Um, I don't know if you give him the kind of like Patrick would go in and he would, he would tell the coaches what games he's going to play. He, he would circle the games on the calendar and tell them the, the, here, here's my six games off. I'm not going to play against these guys, these guys, but I'm going to play against these guys, you know? So um, you know, I don't, I don't think that probably happens anymore, but, but that's where that was. So, um, I, I just think you want to make sure all of your best players are, are ready at the right time of the year. And, you know, and for goalie, like I said, you, you know, you got to make sure, because I think, I think there's a certain percentage of injuries that happen just because of fatigue yeah. and you don't want, and, and, and for goalies, if it's their knees or their groins and, or their abdomen, I mean, just think of all the body part, a shoulder thing, they, they linger. And, you know, so, so you just got to make sure that they're, they're not tired and, you know, they're not getting hurt because of uh, playing too many games and, and not enough nights. So I was looking at the calendar and the games last night because I am going to resume each year. I like going on the road with the stars and checking out a couple of games. And the the road trip that has me kind of fascinated, Craig is Vancouver day off than Seattle. Are you thinking from a hockey standpoint or are yeah. you going to, you got other things in mind? Well, the, that's my second question. If I go to Montreal, if I drop your name, what does that get me? We'll get you in the door at Shape Area and you probably <laughs> ought to bring a body bag with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you, have you been to Montreal? Yeah. When I was really, uh, oh God, in my early 20s, I did. Yes. Loved it. I was hoping you weren't going to say when you were really small. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how you can. Montreal, Toronto, 
you know, the two, you know, big market. Yeah. That's another good one because it's Buffalo and then Toronto. Well, Buffalo's going to be an exciting team this year. Yeah, and I could go see both. That That probably wouldn't have been a a good pair to go to. I I think Buffalo is, they've got a, you know, if everything pans out for them and their young kids and everything that they're doing, um, they could be a playoff team this year. But uh, I think it's going to be between them, Otto, and Detroit in that division. But anyway, um, I would would do a Buffalo-Toronto trip or you could do a Montreal-Toronto trip before I do a Seattle and Vancouver. When you go to Vancouver, you know it's going to be raining. So you better you yep. better bring some money so you can go and gamble a little bit. Or there is a place called you know one of them other kind of places you could go attend, which you probably do anyways. Uh, <laughs> Seattle, you know, I, I I haven't been to to the new building, but I'm sure it's a beautiful building. So, but that again, you're on the you're on the rainy side of uh, the state. No, so. I know. I know. I was just looking at trips. There was a random. You don't care though, anyways. You're kind of a pasty guy, anyway. So it's not like you get outside and worry I mean, about being outside. I'm not pasty. I just take good care of myself. <laughs> I'm sticking with that. Uh, yeah, I'm not going there. Okay. <laughs> I tried the tanning bed once, and it didn't work out. I was dating a woman and she's like, you need to be more tan. So I went in the tanning bed and I came out a lobster. It was really bad. That, does that come with the the price tag? They tell you how you gotta how tan you gotta be too. Yes. Yeah. When when you know what when you don't play sixteen years in the NHL, sometimes you have to make some concessions. You need to shop at a different store. <laughs> Stay in the states. Stay in the states. Stay in Texas. Stay in Texas. The thing you're looking for is right here. Well, I thought after I took care of you for pink that you'd be like, oh, you know what? Let's take care of Gavin. But <sighs> I just did. Shop local. Just <laughs> overseas. I not, no, no, no. Don't go there. Oh, my God. All right. That's the advice I can give you today. Yeah, thanks, man. It's great advice. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. I could tell a story or two now, but I will hold that to um, – off the air, Craig Gavin discussion. So <laughs> that's going to do it for uh, spits and suds. Craig's a beast. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> We're only one in, and you're already saying thank God. I know. What are we doing this monthly, or how are we doing this <laughs> monthly? We do it whenever we, we do it whenever you want. Um, and uh, we love having you on the show. And all uh, right, well, I'll see. I'll I'll look forward to the Christmas show then. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, stars with some time off. They'll be back at it again on uh, Tuesday in Vegas. Should be a real nice uh, early season uh, test for the greatness of Craig Ludwig. Put some pressure on the stars. Future Hall of Famer Craig Ludwig, as far as the stars are concerned. And I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. And thank you so much for listening and supporting Spits and Suds. Have a great day, everyone.